The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery podcast. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. We're basically a couple of recovery nerds and ordained unity ministers sharing our experience, strength, and hope on this spiritual journey of addiction recovery. And we hope that something you hear today will be helpful to you on your own journey. We invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. Just send an email to spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. Facebook users, you can message us from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. And however you choose to reach out to us, please be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. Today's episode is titled, Came to Believe. Early on in our recovery journey, the idea of a life of peace and joy may seem impossible. But the good news is that we can live such a life, but first we must learn to trust a higher power so we can start to move away from the disarray of an undirected life, opening the door to sanity and hope. Today, we wanna share our experience, strength and hope on coming to believe in a higher power. Yes, so when I came into the 12-step program, uh, I had, I'm not given up on so much as just moved away from religion and God and all of that. You know, I grew up being taken to Sunday school and all that kind of thing, but I had decided that it was a bunch of hooey and, um, you know, just pretty much had no spiritual, I just had no spiritual life. I had no spiritual element in my life. And so in a way it was good because I was sort of beginning with a, a blank slate, you know, and I, and I think um, I think that I was very ready to have a new understanding of God and to enter into this new relationship with a higher power. Um, so it was remarkably easy for me. You know, we, we, we have a saying in the program that, um, you know, when we come in that we have this God shaped hole you know, in our bodies or in ourselves. And we tried to fill that God-shaped hole with um, everything uh, other than God, right? And none of it, you know, food, drugs, sex, alcohol, cigarettes, whatever. And none of it worked, obviously, because only God can fill a God-shaped hole. And so I didn't know that that's what I had. But when I came into the program and I started hearing people talking about that, it rung so true for me. Like, it was just it, the the spiritual part of the program, which is really a misnomer because it's all it, it is a spiritual program, but came very easily to me. I think because that God shaped hole was just like ready to be filled with something different because nothing else was doing it for me. So it's just interesting. I didn't know that that's what I needed, but thank God I found the twelve step program because that's what I got, you know, and and 
and it, that didn't make everything all of a sudden become easy. Certainly my first few years of recovery were quite challenging, but this, this promise of, you know, a life of peace and joy, it, it started coming true for me in, in different ways right away as soon as I began to fill that God-shaped hole with God instead of all the other things. Yeah, when I think back about it, I had I had um, come into recovery already having found the Unity Church for a while, which in hindsight, it's pretty clear to me that it was all part of the recovery, e- even though it, it, you know, when I when I first encountered a Unity Church, which was, you know, probably five years before mm-hmm. I got on a recovery path um i don't i wouldn't have there's no way of, that i would have known that this is somehow laying some important groundwork for the real work which is going to come later which was um, getting into recovery mm-hmm. so even though i had found uh and and i was really delighted to find unity I, like you said i was sort of taken to sunday school as a kid it never really resonated yeah. i didn't like it it didn't make sense i didn't feel connected but you know i'm not i was never a social person anyway and so um, not surprising that it didn't take um, for me and so i didn't have anything to do with any kind of religion or church or anything for d- decades mm-hmm. after that until through my spouse, I discovered the Unity Church where all of a sudden things made sense. Mm. It didn't make sense before. And so we were pretty active for a while. You know, there's not, being in recovery brings a sense of urgency and importance to these things. Yeah. You know, five years before I got into recovery, it was all very feel good and casual. Mm -hmm. You know, there was, my life was not on the line yet that changed Mm -hmm. um and so my introduction was that way and you know it it lasts maybe for two to three years or so we were very regular attendees and then kind of faded away Mm. and maybe because uh well now with my minister's perspective we we never got involved we were just showing up on a sunday which is great i mean that's where you begin that's where everyone begins but i never Mm -hmm took it to the next stage is, um, you know, being serious about um, being a volunteer or, or, or what have you. And yeah. those were the, the, not really the lost years, but the very fuzzy gray years, like the two, <laughs> two to three years before I got into the program were fuzzy and gray looking uh-huh. back on them. Now, I'm sure that didn't feel that way at the time. So I came to believe, I suppose, in stages and steps. Mm-hmm. When I did come into the program, I was very grateful because I did not struggle with the God concept and yeah. all of that because I felt like I at least had somewhat thing to start. Now, the importance of it was greatly increased because my life literally now depended on this when before it was you know it felt kind of optional like I said it was a more of a feel-good thing and not a center of my life thing that it became but it did become that yeah um it's interesting we we 
you and I have sort of opposite experiences of that, of um, you found unity first and I found unity shortly after getting sober. And um, like you said, there is an urgency there. I mean, so my experience, like I said, was uh, that I was so very ready for this. I just, I had no idea that that's what was missing in my life. But as soon as I started to find it, it was like, wow. You know, I think I'd spent a lot of my life feeling very alone. Um, you know, I'm an only child and I grew up in a single parent home and just, you know, the, this sense of, you know, I'm all alone in the world and it's just me against the world and there's nobody on my team. And all of a sudden I had this unconditionally loving higher power that was always there for me, you know, and like you said, in early recovery, we lean heavily on that, you know, and I was thinking about the challenges that, you know, my first year, my first few years had some pretty tough challenges. And in a way, I'm grateful for that because I had to depend on God. You know, it was, there were things that I would not have gotten through had I not had this, um, this higher power on board with me. And I think that those, those challenges that I went through in early sobriety really cemented a very strong relationship with God, you know, that I just, I relied very heavily on God to get me through those times. And um, that forged a very strong bond that has now seen me through many, many years, you know. So, um, you know, I was thinking about, we both had childhoods where religion didn't make much sense to us, didn't resonate with us. You know, a few years ago for a seminary, I had to attend a unity youth rally and to see these young people, you know, 14 to 18 or whatever, that were so grounded in these principles and just so full of faith and, and the relationship that they had with one another and, and these, these foundational you know, beliefs and, and values that this, that unity had instilled in these young people, I was floored by it. I just was like, wow, you know, and a little bit of sadness that I didn't have that benefit, you know, and how amazing to grow up with these things from the get-go, you know, from a very young age to know that you are unconditionally loved by the higher power and, and just to have that as part of your life. It's not to say that these kids will never go on to have problems or issues or anything because we all have our path, but boy, what a, what a wonderful way to start your, you know, your young life out to already have that on board and not have to go and get in all kinds of trouble to find it like we did. You know? Yeah. That was effective though, too. That's true. <laughs> so, I yeah. don't know if it would have kept me uh, out of trouble. I might've, who knows? Who knows? I don't know if anyone <laughs> found trouble anyway. Out of trouble. <laughs> no, I was just thinking that when I began all this, um, and and it did, it did start as sort of the idea of God more than the experience of God, mm -hmm. because, like I said, I didn't. There was not an urgency there. My life wasn't on the line right. at first when I encountered um, an understanding of the divine through unity principles and unity is very idea oriented it would not be mm -hmm. hard to get stuck in the ideas of things mm -hmm. um, and that's fine I mean for me it was a very comfortable place to begin in fact uh, I don't know that I could have approached it any other way just given the way my mind is wired 
um, it makes sense for me to kind of take in all the concepts and definitions and ideas and for it to make sense on paper. But then later, of course, when all of a sudden uh, I discovered my own, as you said, God-shaped hole and my life was on the line, um, it shifted from the idea of to the experience of and again, it was right there, ready to happen. And I am grateful that I had that um, time prior to recovery to kind of get me ready in a sense. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, that's not necessary. It's, we all, I know people didn't, didn't, that wasn't their path, doesn't matter. You will get there no matter what. Mm-hmm. No matter where you're beginning from, what I see just from looking around is that we will get what we need and we will get where we need to be yep. by whatever path. That just happens to be um, my path. And it, it, it worked well. And again, so, you know, this, so this sort of intellectual understanding of God, the idea of God, I liked that. I liked that it was different than the tradition because, you know, I'm a rebel and was <laughs> fighting for the tradition that against the tradition which i don't do anymore by the way it was just something that needed to be healed in me. <laughs> yeah right and, uh, as i've heard it said the you and unity stands for you can't tell me what to do <laughs> yes <laughs> we can laugh at it but we know it's true <laughs> and so that's kind of where i started i came to believe through that route of the you know the mind and then into the heart and spirit mm-hmm. when i got into recovery Yeah, that's interesting that what you said about unity can be very idea oriented, whereas, I mean, in a way, you know, certainly we don't, we didn't think of it as uh, a good thing at the time, but in a way, our experience of um, addiction and recovery uh, made God much more than an idea, made God an absolute necessity for us to recover. And that, um, I think that goes, like I said, a long way towards strengthening that bond and that, that faith relationship. It's never going to be optional for me. It's not something I could ever walk away from now. It is the, the cornerstone of my life, you know, and, and I wish I hadn't had to go through the things I did, but I'm grateful now for that fact, you know, that God um, was a very clear, not an idea, but a very clear experience from an early, early time in recovery. Um, I had the same experience as you that I found unity. And I mean, I love it when people come into unity for the first time and you see them just sitting there just stunned. It's like, wow, are you kidding me? I never knew something like this existed. It looks like a church, kind of feels like a church, but it's so different, you know, and, and it, it made sense and it fit and it dovetailed perfectly with what I was hearing in recovery. So, you know, when I first started coming to believe, um, you know, it was all new to me. So I was really believing in sort of the God that I heard other people talking about and, um, you know, sort of the God, the program God, you know, that you hear about. And, um, but then I found unity pretty quickly. So I'm so grateful for that because I was just forming my understanding of God and I found unity in time to really inform that, you know, um, and then I did find that fairly quickly, my understanding of God grew beyond what I saw a lot of folks in recovery, the understanding that they had, you know, and, and I'm just so grateful for that because, 
unity offered me an understanding of God that worked for me, that made sense to me, that, um, that was able to jive with my other beliefs and everything, you know, it wasn't, it was, there was never a con that's what I love about unity. There was never a conflict there. Like other churches that I'd been to, it's like a lot of it felt really good, but then I had to, at some point I had to stop and go, yeah, this part, I can't, I can't believe this part or this part doesn't work for me. Unity. I didn't have to do that. You know, I could pretty much accept all of it. It all felt right to me. And and I very quickly became an every Sunday attender, you know, it just, it was, I was just like a sponge soaking it up and it just, I lived for Sundays, you know, I would, I would miss the time between church, you know, during the week. Um, I just wanted to get more and more of that, uh, you know, just learning and growing and my understanding of God expanding. And so I'm quite sure that now the understanding of God that I have is doesn't hardly even resemble what I had at the beginning, because, you know, our understanding of God should always be expanding, not changing necessarily, but expanding, right, to include more and more. Um, it's not that, okay, this is God and this isn't God. It's, it's this too is God, right? So it's getting bigger and bigger and our understanding just expands and expands. And even, even with that expansion, we know as humans that we're still only grasping a fraction of what God is, right? So our whole life is going to be continuing to include more and more and more into our understanding of what God is. And that's been definitely my journey. I want to share about what really helped me shift. I talked before about the whole God thing being, a, you know, an intellectual or a, an, an idea uh, more than an experience. But what helped me, and I know that you will have a lot to add to this as well, is that I, I moved into the experience of God through Unity's prayer and meditation practices. Mm -hmm. That's what became essential to me. Uh, immediately in recovery because it was so you know any of us who have gotten onto this path you know what I mean when I say it's traumatic getting making the change to to shift into a recovery mode and not uh you know relying on a substance or substances or behavior or behaviors or, or whatever and so I really needed the um, the tools that unity provided in the form of prayer and meditation, which for us are almost synonymous. They don't need to be exactly the same thing, but they're very closely related. You know, we talk about um, an experience of God's presence, which mm -hmm. is a weird thing to try and use words to get at. In fact, you really yeah. can't use you words really can't. to get at it. But what we can do with words is describe a practice mm -hmm. that if I undertake the practice, which has nothing to do with words, if I undertake the practice, then the, the, the opportunity um, seemingly presents itself. Now, I know it was always there, but I had it all covered up with mental busyness and yes. noise and ideas that I already know how stuff works. And so I'm, you know, my mind was not open. My I was not open to these experiences as a regular thing. 
but taking up and i'm talking about like the simplest of mindfulness meditation it does it's, yeah. it doesn't even have to be um spiritual right it can be you can have an entirely like think of it as psychology and you're you're hacking your consciousness or whatever it doesn't have anything to do it doesn't have to have anything to do with anything that even feels like religion or spirituality you just sit and notice what is going on well what i noticed is there's a lot going on and <laughs> uh, but underneath it all every now and then i would kind of have an experience of the stillness that underlies it all yes. and then things that i'd heard people say began to make more sense like people would say weird things like you know god <laughs> is in the space between your breaths and i'm like oh okay. like what is that <laughs> all right all right weirdo thanks for that i feel a lot more sober now right but uh, again the words have nothing to do with it so when i began to have in just even now and again just a little touch a little glimpse of truth you might call it that was enough i say okay now i kind of get what those folks were pointing at what is the sound of one hand clapping and all that crap <laughs> you know, it just means that below the level of thought which is you know take some practice to to have that experience but we can all do it so we call it in unity going into the silence you could call it experiencing the stillness mm -hmm. of god experience the presence of god there are lots mm -hmm. of ways to describe it but um the only thing that matters is the actual experience of it which even a simple just google simple mindfulness practice anybody they're all talking about something substantially similar that is a great place to begin and mm -hmm. um i i find that anything i needed i kind of got at through yeah. that somehow or other over time maybe that was just the necessary um groundwork to do mm -hmm. or maybe it was just that that's everything that i needed i just you know it takes a lot of time to uh, it took me it has taken me or is taking me a lot of time to continue to realize all of this you know none of this is a one and done no nope. we've talked about that a lot i know that that's true i say that a lot i remind myself we're not after perfection here that has nothing to do with it we're after progress and we we uh, we achieve progress if you will through a practice over time so it's all about uh practicing not about perfection yeah um it's interesting that so I'm really big on mindfulness meditation now, but I wasn't in early recovery. Early recovery for me, you know, you talked about the relationship between prayer and meditation and that they really are sort of on a spectrum, right? They're all one thing, but on a spectrum, you know, prayer being talking, meditation being listening, and then everything in between. That's a gross oversimplification. But my early experience with spirituality and with you know, coming to believe in this power greater than myself was much more on the prayer and speaking end of the spectrum. You know, I had a lot to say in early recovery. <laughs> and, and, but that, that didn't stop me from experiencing the presence of God. So I, I deeply experienced the presence of God through talking prayer because I would be all torn up with some drama in my life just killing me and i would 
you know, sit down to pray and would just sob my heart out and, and pour out everything to God. And then I would practice, you know, our third step, which is to turn over whatever was happening to this higher power, which, you know, in early recovery and frankly, still sometimes involved, you know, help me, please, God, help me. I cannot with this anymore. And the thing is, is I would experience the help, you know, I would, I would often experience a sense of comfort, a sense that God was there with me, that I wasn't alone. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily describe it as silence because there, I didn't have a lot of tolerance for a lot of silence at that point. You know, silence was too uncomfortable to me at that point. Um, but I still experienced that presence of God. I experienced when I called out for help, I experienced that something indescribable answered me. Something indescribable came. A presence came to be with me in my pain. And um, that was my early experience of God. And it was powerful, you know. And over the years, I've moved away from so much talking prayer into much more of sitting quietly, mindfulness, that type of thing. Um, that's just been the trajectory of my spiritual evolution, but it's all good. You know, it's all good. And um, we, we find our own way. And I still revert. I don't want to say revert because that makes it sound like it's going down and it's not down. It's just moving back and forth on that spectrum between prayer and meditation. But I do sometimes still have those talking prayers, those help me God prayers. Um, and they're still very powerful to me. And I also experience great peace and comfort in just sitting quietly and practicing, like you said, a very simple mindfulness meditation. We, we tend to make things much too complicated and it's really quite simple. So if this is new to folks, you know, I would say just experiment, just keep experimenting. That's what I did. I did lots of different things. You know, I went to uh, 12-step meetings that were meditation meetings. Um, I went to church. I, I listened to spiritual materials. You know, I listened to 12-step um, speakers on, well, back then it was cassette tapes, <laughs> It's been a long time ago. You know, I just I just tried to fill myself with as much of it as I could. And that's what I would encourage people to do is just explore every avenue of spirituality and the God of your understanding will reveal itself to you. I can guarantee that, um, you know. We, I believe very strongly now as a minister, you know, that everyone experiences God a little bit differently and God reveals itself to each one of us in a little bit different way, in the way that it's right and perfect for us. And what we seek, we will find. So it's just a matter of seeking, of opening up to that and seeing what shows up. Yeah, I like that. That concept of being open, I think it's critically important. And I also try not to get too stuck on particular definitions, knowing, just like you said, that I believe that if any of us are earnestly seeking, then, you know, it, it will, it will be revealed. You know, even the words are difficult. I might say, you know, this, the, this presence came and, and, you know, the theologian in me might want to say, well, it was always there, but I didn't know about it, blah, blah, blah. You know, if you're in addiction recovery, splitting hairs like that, not very helpful. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Uh, whether it was there and I came to realize it, or if it wasn't there and it was there. In my experience, 
<laughs> it wasn't, yeah. then it was. I mean, I, 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 I can certainly um, get interested in discussing the, the finer points of theology, but when it comes to living in a way uh, on this path of uh, being happy, joyous, and free, I'm not very pedantic about it. I do know that, and you reminded me as you shared your early experience of the sort of talking sort of prayers, which sometimes in our movement, it seems like those can get looked down on, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm with you. And if that's what needs to happen, that's what needs to happen. Anybody that knows anything about human development will tell you we have to be able to tell our story. You can't just instantly move to the you know, lotus position, ohm, all is well, right? You, we, we must be able to share our experience. And if we're, and if telling the story means telling it to God in something that someone would call a prayer, so be it, then that's exactly what needs to happen. There's that, that, that's a powerful way forward. And as you also indicated, once we can tell our story, share our experience, now we feel that we've been heard. That's what's most important that we feel that we've been heard, then things can start to calm down a little bit mm -hmm. enough to get into the, you know, kind of the meditation side of all of this. But I'm with you, whatever gets us there is just well and fine. And also, like you're saying, just be open. That seems most important to me. Just be open and be willing to um, do whatever seems good and right in that moment not mm -hmm. not worrying too much about what someone else might say or think about it um, i call that following the guidance of the spirit within even before i knew to call it that i knew what that was well it's time for our recovery in a nutshell right this is when we try to summarize some of the pieces of all this that we found most helpful in our recovery journey. So Reverend Michelle, in a nutshell, if someone was having trouble with the whole higher power concept, but was willing to be open, what would you share with them that has worked for you? Yes, well, sort of just what we've already been talking about to try out lots of different spiritual activities and, and allow the God of your understanding to reveal itself to you. You know, I find God in nature. That's a very strong thing for me. People that have a close connection to nature might find that that's true for them also. Some people find God in music, in, in stillness, in prayer, in singing, whatever it is, there is no right or wrong way to find God. I mean, that, that idea is, 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 is completely opposite of my understanding of spirituality. So, do, you know, different things and see what works for you, but mostly be open. You know, in unity, we teach that God is love, that God is this unconditionally, infinitely loving presence. And, and, and in my understanding, that presence is inviting you into relationship with it. So open yourself up to entering into relationship with that God and allow God to reveal itself to you. And it takes time. You know, you don't make a best friend overnight. It's the same thing with God. We have to come to know God. Um, a, a, an aspect of God, I feel, will reveal itself very quickly to you. But the fullness of God will reveal itself slowly to you over time as you are open and ready to receive it. And in a way, that's a great um, way of sharing what I have found to be this internal truth, which is it keeps getting better. 
Yes. It keeps getting better. My answer to that uh, question about how to approach is similar. Stay open. Pay attention to what others are saying. I found that helpful. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. That's easier said than done. Don't worry and don't hurry. This is not a race. There is no finish line. And yeah. just be willing to believe. Be willing to um you know, go with whatever comes up that feels good and right and true in that moment, knowing that as we each, as you grow and develop, it it will shift. And that's fine, too. That The object here is not to get the right answer, and it's not to be done. The object is to stay open, to stay in relationship, as you pointed out, in communication with God, as you understand God to be, knowing that that you you will be in the right if you just if I can just stay open, if I can suit up and show up, right? Yeah. If I can just stay open, then it my experience will be exactly what it needs to be for me in that moment, and all is well. Absolutely. Well, as always, we have an affirmation for you, and our affirmation today is. I open my heart and mind to belief in a higher power that works for me. In that last part, especially, I open my heart and mind to belief in a higher power that works for me. And I might almost add knowing that it can and will change. And that's a beautiful part of it. Well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another episode of Spirit of Recovery, and we're so grateful that you have. We hope you found something in all of our blabbing today that will that you find genuinely helpful and we bless you wherever you are on your own recovery journey. And as always, we invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. Find us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, or email us at spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. We're so glad you joined us today and we hope you'll join us again. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. And whatever you do, don't drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.